morning, everyone, and welcome to The Morning Show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm having water this morning, Dasani water, which is gross. Hydrate. 34 degrees right now in Jackson. We have a winter weather advisory for, well, pretty much all of southern lower Michigan. Now, is that going to get to us at some point? Yeah, well, right now it's 34 degrees. Our precipitation is not of the snow variety, but the Weather Service is expecting one <clears throat> to four inches of snow along the uh, west Michigan coast, particularly uh, further north, uh, Grand Rapids and further north, a storm warning, and they could get eight to 12 inches of snow. We are going to get a lot of wind. Oh, today. it's already windy. It's yeah. nasty out. I will say that's the thing we have right now. Mm -hmm. uh, up to 45 mile an hour gusts. And in this uh, cold weather, does not feel good. Mm -hmm. So we'll have uh, low chills and accumulating snow will drift. And travel should be, uh, could be hazardous. And that really is throughout all of southern lower Michigan for uh, today, tonight, and early tomorrow. So we, if you're out and about, be we were talking last night about, well, we talked yesterday too, about the, uh, the travelers that were trapped on 95 mm -hmm. outside of D.C. and Richmond, Virginia, and uh, spent 24 hours in their car, and state police were, were going to the car. What an absolute mm -hmm. nightmare. Um, so one thing uh, we talked about purchasing last night, car emergency kits. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know why, why we all don't. I mean, maybe a lot of us do, but... Um, I don't know if we have the right things. I think if you're in something like that, you need more than jumper cables. Right. You blanket. need blanket, uh, food. Food. Food is important. Sure. I keep food in the car because uh, I keep snacks in the car for my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, if we were in an emergency, all the snacks are gone. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of luxury uh, bags you can buy online to put mm -hmm. in your car. But I hope no one's ever in that situation. Just uh, super scary, right? Yeah, and there are people with uh, small children and babies. And yeah. uh, another <laughs> suggestion, a coffee can and toilet paper. Ooh, that is a good idea. I mm -hmm. saw one uh, gentleman was traveling with his two daughters back from a spring break in Florida. Some reason he had a few sparklers in the car and uh, to kill time and uh, save gas, they got out of the car and did sparklers. So, interesting stuff. I noticed also there were a number of people traveling with pets, and oh so it's gosh. a good idea to have uh, pet food, <clears throat> pet dish. Yeah, pet water. Pet water. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm starting to uh, maybe work up to flying with my pets. Have you, the amount of people that are traveling with their pets, I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, you know, you can, you'll see a German you'll see a pug, you'll see a poodle, you'll see a ferret, everything in the airport. Mm -hmm. And you actually had a uh, relative fly with a dog a couple weeks ago. They missed their flight because it <laughs> uh, requires um, additional check through for a, a pet. Yeah, they didn't, the take, they didn't allow for, uh, for enough time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking about uh, traveling with my dogs hmm. on an airplane. So I, I don't know anyone who personally has done that. I don't know if it's... I've seen it. I've seen it. Don't you think? I mean, no, the dogs are like always well-behaved. It's no. insane. Okay. Uh, we won't be hearing from Governor Whitmer this week, although we don't hear from her that much. Her husband's got a little something, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, the first gentleman has tested positive for COVID, and the governor has had one test. She's awaiting the results of the PCR test. Uh, negative so far. She is self-isolating in a separate area of the house. Or... Uh, 
husband, uh, dentist, but did you retired? I didn't. Yeah, you retired. Really? So you can spend more time on the boat. <laughs> so uh, they are um, expecting um, to know today whether she will be able to get the all clear to be uh, out. Our uh, holiday, we had a lot over the years holiday, a lot of positive tests in Jackson County. 577 new cases since um, Saturday through Tuesday and three new deaths. And yesterday, uh, top officials at Henry Ford Health System held a press briefing and they're concerned, they th they're saying that the, the worst is yet to come, basically. It's, uh, this is a tricky time to figure out with this Omicron variant, which is, every, that's, that's kidding who has it, right? It's, the symptoms are, are not as strong to present themselves. You're less likely to get hospitalized from, from what we know about it. Mm -hmm. The cases, it's easier to contract. We know mm -hmm. that as well. So if you look at the math, we have, 500, you love my math, don't you? 550 <laughs> cases per, 550,000 cases per day right now, right? Okay, mm -hmm. uh, 57 million in the US have already had it. 205 million are fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. We have 329. Are we close to herd immunity? Variant, is herd immunity something we should be talking about how less, uh, What's the word? I guess deadly it is. Well, a, a month ago, look at hospitalizations in the state of Michigan. Right. Looking at Henry Ford's data right now. So a month ago, uh, people in the hospital uh, overwhelmingly were unvaccinated, 85, 90% unvaccinated. Now that figure is 65 to 70% of those hospitalized are unvaccinated. So more mm -hmm. vaccinated people are being hospitalized and that has been increasing yeah, over we, the last several weeks. But the Dr. Mankara, Dr. Adam Mankara, uh, the chief uh, clinical officer Henry Ford <coughs> said, the symptoms are less severe, the illness is less severe, it's easier to treat. Uh, also starting this month, Henry Ford is going to be um, adding um, the new COVID antiviral pills. They're expecting to have those in supply this month. They've also changed uh, who can get the monoclonal antibody drug treatment because of a limited supply. So now uh, people 75 and older, people who have severe lung disease, people who use supplemental oxygen, people on dialysis, people with a BMI greater than 40, and people who are otherwise immunocompromised and also pregnant women, those are people that would be able to get the, uh, anti, or the monoclonal antibody drug at Henry Ford starting right now. And if so. you think it's, uh, I definitely agree, uh, your, that percentage you brought up uh, is a great point of uh, hospitalizations, 60, 65 to 70% of folks uh, getting hospitalized, uh, not being vaccinated, dose, third dose, I don't think the data isn't out there, but when you think about 550,000 cases per day, that's a lot. That's a lot of I people. Mean, mm -hmm you know, a couple hundred days away from either having infected everybody or everyone been vaccinated, according to my math. So, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's one of those things that's hard to figure out. And again, the symptoms present themselves very lighter. So when you have uh, kids and winter, uh, it's 
very difficult to figure out. Mm -hmm. And there's also the fear that uh, people will have flurona, which is a combination of flu and COVID. New term, flurona. Yeah. So uh, along the COVID lines, um, it's interesting, the Chicago Teachers Union voted to not return to class uh, today mm -hmm. due to the rise in COVID numbers. And um, uh, I was thinking, how many students are served by that school district? Take it's, a guess. It's the nation's third largest school district. Yeah, so 330,000 kids. Um, and Chicago Public Schools, they provide free breakfast free lunch and snacks to everyone, mm -hmm. everyone. So think about that, all those folks. Now they do um, meal service pickups and things like that, but let's, let's think about what we, think about what JPS did, you know, with total enrollment of five to 6,000, right? Maybe-ish. Um, imagine doing that for 330,000. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insurmountable. So uh, obviously the mayor wants the kids back in school, but the uh, teachers union says, not yet, not yet. It's, uh, it's not happening, so. And it's the latest fight between the Chicago Teachers Union and Mary Lori Lightfoot. And uh, this, the mayor of the city controls the uh, Department of Education school system in Chicago. So yeah. it's expected it's gonna be a long, uh, long work stoppage by yeah. um, teachers. So, not only are they on strike from coming into the, they're just teaching. Mm -hmm. So there's no education right. happening. Yeah. and As um, if there's education happening with uh, remote learning anyway. It's hard. Yeah. It's, not, it's just not, uh, it, there was, there's no way, especially in a uh, district like that, to even begin to make anything uh, equitable. So mm -hmm. uh, I feel sorry for all those folks that are uh, involved in that. You think of how many teacher, you know, I mean, just how many teachers, staff, administrators. Uh, it's too bad. It's, it's just terrible. Great. Yeah, it's nuts. Closer to home, uh, Lansing Public Schools, they're uh, virtual. Correct. And now their uh, sports are virtual. What? They're, well, they're still going to play the games, but no offense. Okay. Yep. Uh, Lansing Eastern High JV game last night uh, was played without any fans. Very quiet game. Yeah. Remember when LeBron said he, he wouldn't in front of an uh, empty arena, Brandon? Yeah. Changed mm -hmm. his tune on that, didn't he? Yeah. As a high school st uh, student, uh, that would feel weird. Very weird. With no fans? No fans. Yeah, that's tough. Well, you remember uh, in college, uh, you participated in sports with no fans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I did. We did not have fans. Yeah. Even the parents didn't even come to uh, track and field. No, I, I can't. Rem I remember what the first track meet I went to at Santa Heights. I thought I was in the wrong place. Where is everyone? Yeah, it's no fans. Nah, it's, no. uh, yeah, no, it's, mm -hmm. it's no fans. But uh, we had fans last night at uh, Jackson High. So we had uh, Grand Ledge last night. Let me, uh, let's get to the scoreboard. Uh, shout out to David Rice, Grass Lake student, who has stepped in and become a wonderful play-by-play -play, uh, guy for us. He joined La Matt Lehman on the call last night. Grand Ledge did beat Jackson 55-42. Uh, Jackson Christian 52, Calhoun Christian 43, Britton Deerfield, they beat East Jackson 56-46, and it was Leslie 61, Grass Lake 39. In uh, girls basketball, Northwest, they beat Eaton Rapids 56-38, Ashley Weller had 20 points. Columbia, they took care of Sand Creek 37-29. 
and Springport beat Concord 58-29. The uh, Springport doubled up Concord there. Jamina Rogers scored 12 points. Grand Ledge 45, Jackson 20. Calhoun Christian 37, Jackson Christian 24. And we've got some uh, great stuff for you tonight, on deck tonight. We've got uh, wrestling, a lot of wrestling. We've got Grass Lake Napoleon, Michigan Center, and they'll all be at East Jackson, Concord Homer, and then uh, the rest of the action up there. We've got some bowling today. And not listed is um, a little hockey. Uh, Lumen Christie is home at 5.30, and then stick around for Jackson at 7.30. Lumen plays Portage. Jackson United will take on, on South Lion, and that's tonight at Optimist. Ice Arena. Yesterday we were talking about uh, the Washington football team and Hi. Jeopardy not making decisions on new uh, name and new host. Well, the Washington football team yesterday said it will announce a new name and logo on February 2nd. What's February 2nd? 2 2 2 2 2 2 And Groundhog Day. Oh, great. So there's speculation that the name of the new Washington football team will be uh, uh, Washington Groundhogs, <laughs> and it was a trending topic on social media yesterday. They, are, they have listed um, two names they're not using, Wolves and Red Wolves. Okay. Those are fan favorites. Also, they had some finalists, Commanders, Defenders, Red Hogs, Armada, Presidents, Brigade. Presidents. <laughs> I the, like bullets. <laughs> and the Washington football team is a finalist for the it official name. It might stick to that. <laughs> it really may, I yeah. think. I watched a couple videos of some players and personnel. Get the new logo as a fan. They seem to be pretty excited with it. So we'll see. I think it's going to remain Washington football team. I really do. That would be the stupidest thing they could do. Well, until you hear what they come up with. <laughs> we, we should. Hey, um, California Fire PG&E was just uh, blamed yesterday for another one. Oh, Patty Poppy, the CEO there. Yeah, so um, this one is uh, the Dixie Fire. And the Dixie Fire burned over 963,000 acres in North Carolina. And they're saying... Uh, North no, or sorry, North Carolina, North Northern Cali California. Northern California, that is. Uh, they're saying a uh, tree hit a power line, caused a fire, and uh, PG&E. They are working very hard toward history of getting all this stuff away from uh, other power lines. But I think they have over eight million trees that are in danger of hitting power lines right now. It's just a, mm. uh, it's tough, and it's a tough terrain to work out there too. Well, I do know that Pat uh, checks in and watches the morning show. So good luck with that. I'm sure she'll handle it just mm -hmm. like uh, everything. She's the right person for the job. Yeah, she's getting uh, incredibly high marks for the um, actions she's taken already. So, uh, The Martin Luther King celebration at Jackson College has been postponed to the spring due to the rising number of COVID cases in Jackson County. And this is an example, uh, once again, of Jay College mm -hmm. um, taking a leadership position in how we're keeping our community uh, safe during this pandemic. Yeah, Jackson, Jackson College, they just, they, they just don't take chances. Right? No. They're, the, they're really the only, uh, only uh, 
organization, but they're just, like you said, they're the leader and you know, they just yeah. don't take chances. Just not happening, we're shutting it down. Yeah. Um, and they do have the benefit to follow a lot of the other higher education uh, um, universities in this, in this state you know, that do move virtual and, and hold events. So it's not like what they are doing is exclusive, but they are taking a lead in our community, no doubt. So they uh, will announce later uh, when and if this gets scheduled for an in-person event, they are saying sometime in the spring. Uh, we do, as a community, have several Martin Luther King Jr. events honoring uh, the legacy of Dr. King, and one of those that is on in person is the breakfast. And this will be at the American One Union Event Center. Uh, I talked to organizers yesterday. They are taking precautions. They are limiting attendance. Mm -hmm. It's a huge space. <coughs> and they are asking people that attend to practice uh, all the safety measures. Uh, tickets are still available. It's the 14th Friday at 7.30 a.m. and you can get tickets at jacksonchamber.org and Babby Mason is going to be the keynote speaker and Babby asked, Babby's agent asked if they could have a special microphone there in addition to the keynote microphone there's a different microphone to sing. Oh, I would assume that that would be the sure. So she might sing because she's asked for that special singing microphone. That would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, today's show is brought to you by Jackson's Playhouse. Jackson's Playhouse is now offering yearly memberships for $100. And uh, mm -hmm. I highly suggest you check out Jackson's uh, across from Knights in the Ferguson Plaza. They do a great job. Yeah, cool place. Yeah, they and do an awesome job. Uh, under uh, new ownership. New ownership, and yep, under new ownership, and uh, it's expanded. They have an imaginative play village. Um, I know Brandon's getting anxious to take his son out there. I mean, to talk about uh, good, fun, deep, safe entertainment, Jackson's Playhouse is pretty cool. And it's got a room for parents to relax. Yeah, and snacks. There's a coffee. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Very nice. Uh, who's on the show today? Today we have Matthew Budd from the Jackson County Health Department and Todd Daisy from Lammers Heating and Air Conditioning. Matthew, up next on JTV. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to The Morning Show. Our job of the day comes to you from the Michigan Department of Corrections. Get dedicated, reach success. Corrections is hiring. Paid training, virtual training options, great pay, benefits, and a signing bonus. Corrections officers start at 1856 an hour. Registered nurse signing bonus of $5,000. They're also looking for mental health professionals and food service professionals. To learn more, visit governmentjobs.com slash career slash MDOC and apply today. Our first guest on today's morning show is from the Jackson County Health Department, Matthew Budd. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's great to see you and it, it, it feels fitting to have you here in the middle of this Omicron. Uh, wave debate pandemic and um, what what is uh, what is going on from your perspective at the at the health department? Well, there's a lot going on. As, as you kind of mentioned, the uh, kind of sweeping the globe, coming from uh, 
Africa, it's moved into UK and is Israel, kind of where we could see a lot of really good data compiled, put together, figured out what could happen here, and then right as we're seeing it hit there, it came here, of course, pretty heavy. Um, we are now seeing in the US, it's a bit more prevalent than Delta now, so it's overtaken that last variant that spread very readily. Um, and we're seeing a huge increase in cases. If you look at some states on like the East Coast, like New York, New Jersey, they've had about a 500%, well, three to 500% increase in cases in the last couple of weeks. Um, in Michigan, it, you know, you can start to see it, cases are turning again, they're rising. Uh, it's because this variant, it's much more transmissible. So you're likely to infect more people because you just need a little bit less virus to, to be infected and to get sick. Um, one thing that's been difficult too over the last few months, difficult and fantastic, is we've had a greater shift to at-home testing. Mm -hmm. um, very difficult to if you can, you have that opportunity. And that's one way that people are able to kind of empower themselves to stay home, to stay safe, to see if they're isolated and positive. But one thing that we do know too is that the cases we actually see, these increases are a bit of an undercount because mm -hmm. all of these opportunities you have to get tested and not get into our system. Right. Um, so we're, we are watching the trends. They're still important. They still help us figure out what's happening. Um, Michigan has about a 30% positivity rate. So the people that are getting a test about 30% are coming back positive right now, which is pretty high. We haven't really seen that rate before. And are you, re are everyone still recommending, uh, if you do test positive on an at-home test, really you take the second one, they come with two, and then it should be confirmed by a uh, PCR. It's helpful. Um, you know, not everyone does. The state guidance that they put out a, a couple months ago says that, you know, you can. Um, and if usually if people call us and well, I'm still not too sure, we do recommend it. But mm -hmm. if someone has like a known close contact and like, well, my friend had COVID and I was around them, we're like, okay, you can trust those at home tests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, we're seeing um, mixed signals from uh, the FDA and the CDC uh, health officials, really unsure as to how long someone should quarantine after getting a positive test? You know, it's a great question mm -hmm. right now, and, and I will say that I'm not kind of that boat where we're waiting for a little bit more information. Last week on Monday, the CDC put out a press release up stating that they're updating their isolation and quarantine guidance, and um, until last night, I actually just saw this morning, they updated their isolation and quarantine guidance page yesterday, fortunately. Uh, until last night, we just had that press release to go off of. Mm -hmm. um, so MDHHS has kind of caution people to wait. They did say that they plan on going with the CDC's updated guidance. Um, there might be special considerations for congregate care settings, K through 12 schools, and we were waiting for the CDC to put out more information until we really knew. Um, but I do anticipate within the next couple of days, the MDHHS, which is the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, so the big health department, mm -hmm. um, will really help everyone figure out um, what we need to do in the coming days. Yeah, and then you'll take guidance from them, and then that's where the in uh, our county uh, gets uh, gets the guidance from, correct? Absolutely. And, I, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions from schools, from businesses, calls, you know, Monday night last week as soon as that guidance came out. And I, I just, I'm urging call, uh, patients <laughs> as we're waiting to look through that data, look through that guidance and make sure that we're being very thorough in, in how people should respond. Because they are looking to make the isolation a five-day um, as long as your symptoms are improving and or you're mild to begin with. Uh, and a quarantine, also a five-day, but the key part to that to make this successful is that people need to wear a mask that day six through day 10. Um, yeah, so that'll, that, that will be interesting when it comes to uh, <laughs> really everything. But I think it was the UK that uh, went to that 
day five day quarantine if you have it. Uh, first five days quarantine, next five days if <laughs> wear a mask if it improves. But um, yeah, and, and we anticipate that coming here, right? We yeah. do, and you know, with a few caveats, there might be yeah. we're still waiting to see, right. and so there's just a few more things to yeah, play it's, on. It's tough when. Uh, we require so much testing from like say kids to get back into school. The burden is, is finan it's a big financial burden on the, you know, if you have, say you have three kids and you want to get uh, all three of them tested, it's going to cost 75 bucks just to get them tested. If you can find the test. If you kids. can yeah. find the test. Uh, I have retesting. Oh, do you have and those yet? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we'll know more. Hopefully the process is easy yeah. and convenient, and those people especially that would have a problem paying for that $25 can easily sign up and get those yeah. kits. But a lot of the schools do have testing capabilities, correct? Yeah, it, you know, they do have capabilities. They have tests available to them, but, you know, we all know that schools are struggling with staff. Yeah. A and finding that time and person to do that testing is very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we have made some offers to schools and we have done some uh, vaccine testing, but it's difficult for us too at the health department. As you know, we're kind of stretched thin as well, right. but um, we were able to offer some uh, rapid tests for uh, Jackson, Jackson Middle School and Elementary School parents and kids uh, right before they came back on Sunday and Monday. And uh, we're working oh, with nice. other schools to offer some testing like before it's like uh, basketball or football, well, I guess it's not football anymore, basketball games and you know, before band and concert. Yeah. And One thing that we're um, really not seeing uh, any, any mandates in terms of uh, requirements on um, masking, uh, uh, limits, although we're starting to see uh, places like Lansing School District saying no fans at the games, JC saying we're canceling, we're postponing our, our big event. Um, what is the health department's uh, position on crowds, masks? Are, are you anticipating the health department will have anything more than recommendations when it comes to um, safety procedures? I think we'll be sticking with recommending uh, those mitigation measures be put in place, masking being a critically important one. I don't anticipate we're going to have any mask mandate for schools or anything like that in the coming days and months. We have the guidance available. We're working with, uh, you know, the CDC and MDH to ensure that people have the most relevant information that they we have access to. Um, but especially for those large gatherings and, and things like that, those are difficult because we don't have any statewide and most of the nation doesn't have any requirements anymore on those gatherings. So, um, you know, masking is really important, especially if you're in a public place. You don't know if people are vaccinated. You don't know if potentially they've had a recent exposure. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's all important that we all take steps to protect ourselves and each other. Yeah, we were t talking yesterday. Uh, we, we know of a, fa a family that had a wedding scheduled for New Year's Eve uh, originally, and it was a postponed wedding. Yeah. Uh, it was going to have 380 people. As it got closer and closer to the wedding day, the number dropped, dropped, dropped to less than 150, and then the bride and groom got sick. <laughs> it's like oh, there could man. maybe have been 70 guests, yeah. and it ended up being canceled. And that's what I think we're seeing with the uh, big chance that uh, people, maybe they're not getting sick at the event, but they're sick in other ways that they're not going to be even healthy to get to an event. Yeah, it's really difficult around people who have travel plans, had tried to do family gatherings. I heard from a lot of people who were really disappointed because they got sick right on Christmas mm -hmm. or right before New Year's and they were looking for what to do. And, you know, we, we know that if you're sick, it's really important to stay away from others. Mm -hmm. I, I think if that's what we all kind of agree on. So, 
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about vaccine information with Matthew after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to The Morning Show. We're with Matt from the Jackson County Health Department. And you brought uh, some county vaccine information, which, which is great. We're going to take a look at. So I guess I was, uh, I was wondering, you guys were the first people to have the vaccine, correct? Uh, Henry Ford actually was Where's the first Henry people. Ford? Yeah, okay. they were able to vaccinate some of their healthcare staff okay. and providers, uh, which was critically important to make sure that, you know, their staff could stay safe. Yeah. It looks like a lot of people have been vaccinated, but of course, you know, two and three doses. Yeah. Uh, what's our uh, percentage of uh, eligible um, citizens of Jackson County now? You know, looking at uh, completed, so two doses, it's about 56 or 57 percent, I think, the okay. last I looked. And then completed series, it's close to about 55, mm. uh, which, you know, it's fantastic. And those percentages have moved down as we've added more people to be eligible. So when the 12 to 17-year-olds became eligible or a proportion went down of those eligible who, who got the vaccine, yeah. and same for the five and older. And is the is this serious, is that meaning Three vaccinations? It, right now, the series the actually does just mean the two. Okay. So okay. we do count the booster doses separately. Okay. Um, so, you know, that 57% or so is okay. people who got the two vaccines. Okay. So and, that, and that's kind of actually good data. You know, there's more people yeah. out there with the booster than reported. Yeah. We'd say about 40 to 50% of people have gotten the booster. Okay. Uh, who got the primary vaccine. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it would just make sense to people that have um, taken the time and effort to get two, the first two vaccines would get get the booster. Yep. So what are we seeing? Are, are people, are we, are we going to gradually get to a point where we're uh, vaccinating enough people in Jackson County that's actually going to get the caseloads down at the hospital and open up the schools and everything else? You know, we're, we're definitely trying. Uh, you know, we have got vaccine clinics planned at the schools week and next week so let's see we're at Lyle Torrent and um, Jackson High Parkside and then next week Northeast and Da Vinci we just completed vaccine clinics at East Jackson and Vandercook nice. and, and we've got several more uh, events planned so we're trying to get it out to people who uh, and we see a lot of people who didn't get a vaccine you know last year mm -hmm. uh, we're giving first doses out we're giving a lot of boosters um, so we're working on it uh, but it is an interesting you know, will we ever hit that point where we vaccinate enough people to help the hospital? I think that's the question we're all waiting to see, mm -hmm. not just in Michigan, but, yeah. you know, everywhere. How have the clinics uh, been anecdotally? I mean, I know you can't give us the exact data, but good turnouts? Oh, yeah, good turnouts. Um, you know, we're, uh, again, trying to do what we can with the staff we have. So we are usually able to see when we go to a clinic about 50 or 60 uh, students and their family members um, so in just a couple of hours and, and then you know we do see and we hear from people all the time well you know I was able to get it at the health department or at my doctors or at the pharmacy so a lot of people when we go there have already gotten an opportunity at the vaccine mm -hmm. so we're just kind of hitting those people that were you know waiting for a more convenient option. Sure. Getting vaccinated now because we've had the vaccine available uh, well not completely widely for a year, but it's been available for many, many months. What are they saying? Why are they waited? 
You know, a lot of people were waiting to, um, you know, a couple months ago, a lot of people said they were waiting for that full approval because mm -hmm. it was on the use authorization they said you know what when it's fully approved I'll get it and then a lot of people with the federal government announced that it's going to be a requirement a lot of people said okay fine I'll, I'll go ahead and get it now yeah. that way I'm not waiting in a long line later and right. of course that's held up now um, so uh, but we did have a lot of people coming in for that point and then a lot of people just did feel kind of pressured by their family their friends their employers and said you know it's been a year I guess these people are okay mm -hmm. I'll go get it myself and, and what we do and I think you alluded to it this morning before I was talking to you, is, is you know, people who are vaccinated, they're less likely to get sick. They're much less likely to get hospitalized and uh, much less likely to need that care. So it does help. From a, a public health perspective, do you, where you hear rumors about uh, you'll need a vaccination card to fly eventually. Do you, uh, from your perspective, and do you, do you see that as something that will happen? Uh, across the country, no. Uh, you know, if you look at some different states, so like, Francisco, they require a vaccine to enter pretty much any building. And I think you'll see that it will be a bit piecemeal because, you know, being a, a nation of 50 states and several territories, we're very different in different parts of the country. So I, I think depending on where you go, where you travel, what you want to do, you might need that proof of vaccination. And especially if you travel to another country, other countries may require it. So, but I, I don't see a um, one vaccine card U.S. that everyone needs to hold. Yeah, I, I think I definitely know you need it for China. Yeah. Well, you know, I was looking at uh, New Zealand. Um, there's a, a requirement to show to be vaccinated to go to a restaurant in New Zealand, and but the government has set up a system. Everybody has their app, mm -hmm. and people don't have to fumble through their purse for. Yeah. Uh, Odd-shaped card. They have less people fumbling through their purse than <laughs> we do <laughs> a lot, but. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, there's no, there's not a universal. No. Are we going to get to that point where it's everyone has, like, there's a database or an app? It would be really nice. I know my friends in Seattle. They have an app that they use, and they can just pull up on their phone, and it right. can be scanned via barcode, and and that's their proof. So I know that there's probably many different companies that want to be a part of that. Yeah, there's a lot of privacy laws. I think that uh, <laughs> might get in the way of some of your ideas here. But uh, yeah. nothing is uh, off the table, probably. <laughs> uh, Matthew is uh, director of personal preventative health services with the health department. Is also an RN. So there's other uh, health issues that you're monitoring, and it's flu. Last year, we no one had flu. What about this year? Uh, this year, we are seeing some flu. It's below typical levels, which we are very happy to see. Um, but last year, where our flu levels remain very flat, um, we are seeing. And what people don't quite realize, we encourage people to get the flu vaccine starting in September and October, but really the majority of flu typically happens later in January and in February and in March. There's still time to get that vaccine um, and keep yourself safe because no one wants flu and no one wants flu and COVID at the same time. And that's, <laughs> that can happen. Oh, yeah. it, it has happened, yes. And, and you know, people don't have a good time. <laughs> yeah, and you can even get more, more than those two. You can get pneumonia. Yes. You can get... Who knows what else? Maybe somebody knows. <laughs> that. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the least of your worries. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for everything. We're going to keep working at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, come in uh, <laughs> during the holidays. And, uh, our health department has been uh, above and beyond working nonstop uh, for this last 22 months now Gee. for this pandemic. Wow. Well, thanks to everybody at the health department for all you guys do. Thank you. We really appreciate you. Thank you.
uh, Matthew Budd, Director of Personal and Preventative Health at the Jackson County Health Department. Stay tuned, more of the morning show with Todd Daisy from Lammers after these messages. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show presented by the Pick Center. Joining us now from Lammers Heat. President Todd Daisy. Hi, Todd. Hi. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks for taking time out of uh, what I'm guessing is a busy, <laughs> busy week. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after a long weekend and it got cold and phones were ringing. Yeah, they were. One of those calls was mine. And I, <laughs> I, I was afraid to call on Monday. I was like, oh my gosh. You guys came right out. I mean, really, it's uh, time we've worked with you. It's just it's just a great experience. I just wanted to take a minute to thank you, but uh, you guys have been really known for that for years. Yeah, yeah, we're blessed with we have a lot of service tax, so we can typically get out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, we try to obviously get out same day if at all possible, especially this kind of weather. Um, so we try to get make it as fast turnaround as we can. What was your problem? It just wasn't working properly. Oh. Which brings me to my next point. Trust is so important in your industry, right? Because homeowners, we don't know what the heck we're looking at. We just know if it's, if it's not cool it's or if it's not hot, right? Yeah. So, but you guys come in and, and, and take a look and, and really do what's best for the homeowner. Yeah, yeah. We, that's part of our company pride is to be honest. And, you know, sure, we're here for the greater good of the company. But we, if we don't provide good service, that goes away. So try to have good honest guys and do good honest work and do the right thing for the customer first and everything else falls in line That's after that. Sure. Do you find that when you call on someone, it's, uh, the thing isn't just, it's just not turned on or plugged in or something like that? Occasionally it's real simple stuff. Was the, that the problem? No, well, listen, there's <laughs> going to be a HIPAA violation or something if you <laughs> what actually was wrong with the here. Just needed, need a little TLC, that's all. <laughs> But you yeah. don't know anything about uh, heating and cooling oh, either, so I don't know why you're <laughs> <dancing> me. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised, especially after the holidays. The grandkids are playing in the basement. One of them the power switch. Now we <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. Why is the furnace not working all of a sudden? Has the, uh, has the supply chain impacted uh, your business at all? On and off. Air conditioning was definitely an issue last summer. Yeah. Um, it's spotty. And now heat pumps are kind of being spotty. Furnaces are okay so far, but they won't let us just order 20 furnaces. We have, like we usually have a warehouse full of them this time of year. Mm -hmm. They won't let us stockpile them like that. We kind of have to get them as we can get them. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, so far, knock out wood, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, we've got winter left. Yeah. But um, this week is pretty cold, I think, when people maybe haven't had to worry about freezing to death when it's super cold and just kind of let things go about, you know, go by with what they have. And it's at this point now where, well, maybe it's time for something new. Yeah. Can you still, at this point, can you get a new, new heating system installed? Sure. Yep. 
Yeah, we do have a pretty good backlog on installs right now, but um, kind of with service the same way. If you call us and your furnace just isn't repairable, and we can try to get you in pretty quick. We work some Saturdays when necessary. We do work late in the evenings to try to get those people back online. Mm -hmm. This time of year, you can go to maybe, but much more than that, it gets pretty tough. <laughs> Todd, last uh, summer, we had, uh, you had people working from home for the first time in, in their lives. Maybe they thought they didn't need air conditioning, um, or maybe they needed an upgrade. Did you guys spend a lot of time on uh, a new AC for, for folks like that, that were now all of a sudden in their home? Sure, yeah, people that had air conditioning, but they were only home in the evenings right. and kind of fought through it. They're home all day, it's hot all day, they're trying to work from home. Yeah, now we wanna add air conditioning yeah. instead of just having heat. I think the employers uh, subsidize the cost installing air conditioning for someone that has to work from home. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that would allow the em employer to come well, in and inspect the home to make sure that everything proper. Well, you think about it. employers uh, you, you requiring people to work from home. There they are should the desk. They should provide a, a space. They should yeah. pay rent. Yeah. Sued. Someone fell down their stairs and sued their company because <laughs> they got hurt on their commute to work. So, it's uh, anything's possible. Uh, <sighs> I don't blame. And we were talking about uh, emergency kits and cars, and people were freezing on the I-95 um, yesterday. What do you have it for emergency? What are the requirements for an emergency kit in your car? Uh, my car, about all I have is a snow brush. Yeah, same here. <laughs> That's all I have. So I hope I don't get stuck in a blizzard. Didn't find a snow brush last week. Yeah, they're probably all in the corner somewhere. Well, we haven't <laughs> needed them. Yeah. 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 Um, it seems like uh, the smart tech has kind of really, uh, you're either all in or you're late to adopt it, but some of the people's houses I've, I've, I've been in, I'm just amazed in the way they can everything. Do you guys, you guys didn't all of that and set all that up? Yeah, the, especially the Wi-Fi thermostats. Yeah. Those are really becoming prevalent. People love to be able to, on their way home, turn the heat up so it's nice and toasty when I get there. Yeah. Or uh, if they're on vacation for a week, turn it down when they leave, turn it back up on their way home. And yeah. consumers, uh, they'll say, hey, let us uh, kind of over your uh, thermostat and uh, give you some um, peak savings and make some changes. Is that a good idea to go along with that? Yeah, I don't see a real problem with it. Um, some people, of course, don't like it, especially people that are working from home in the summer, if consumers <laughs> wants to turn them up when it's 90 and they're home at two o'clock, but those people have a little bit of pushback. But for the most part, especially if you're working away from home and mm -hmm. why not take advantage of it? You can actually override that if you do participate in that. At any time you can, sure. you have control. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, I know you guys uh, as a company you you installed uh, a furnace for for uh, some of the holidays? Something you guys you guys have done for a, a while now. Why is why is that something you guys do to give back? Sure, just a nice program. We like to try to pick one person at least every year that we can. They have no heat. This person had no heat. Their furnace dead. The um, young lady had actually just lost her husband to COVID, mm. so she was going through a tough time and the furnace was just one more thing to have to deal with. And so luckily we were able to 
fix her up and that's very cool get her a new one going cool story yeah and Lammers also you see we haven't had the community events like we've had in the past but you've been a big part of so many of them and supporting a lot of our uh, great institutions in the community like the symphony the Hillshire Museum uh, Cascades Humane Society mm -hmm. guys are, are at practically everything <laughs> Yeah, we'd like to be involved with the community. You know, I was born here, raised here, grew up here. So it's, we'd like to give back when we can. You know, we try to do as much as we can to support those nonprofits and Cascades. They do great work over there. They have a great staff. And of course I support them as much as I can and I don't have any animals. We need to, <laughs> we need to get you a dog yeah. or something, Todd. I can't believe you don't have a I know. It. I was surprised when I found that out. <laughs> Because you do. I mean, you've been the sponsor of a number yeah. of their events. Yeah. Joel and Paula Freeling, who volunteer a lot with the Humane Society, they don't have they don't have a pet either. They don't. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> weird. It is so weird. Uh, I need to get. Well, a you're volunteering a lot of time, and you're with you're with pets, so maybe that's mm -hmm. probably why. I know that uh, two days before Christmas, you were uh, rejoicing that Lansing Avenue uh, reopened, the bridge reopened. Yes, we were. Did that impact? It did, you know, more than I thought it would. It's um, extra 10 minutes is such an inconvenience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're just used to turning right and shooting to town, and then all of a sudden you got to go out and around. You wouldn't think it'd be that big of a deal, but it was a hassle, especially as long as it went on. Yeah, and were there a few times forgot? Oh, constantly, <laughs> especially the first couple months. Yeah. I'd get all the way to uh, Andrew Street. Oh my God, I can't yeah. go this way. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah, I've, I've done that too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. A lot of turning around in the uh, in Nick Green's parking lot. <laughs> Rocky Top. Yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> People stopping there for lunch too. Yeah, at least you could see the construction by that point so you could still yeah. make the left there <laughs> and go out and around. Well, it's uh, very nice and comfortable right here at JTV and uh, thanks to uh, Lammers. Everybody comfortable? I'm comfortable right now. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, Dave uh, on the second floor, we had a little thing about the temperature yesterday. Yeah, he, he can be a little uh, edgy when it comes to the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't until yesterday. He didn't think he had permission to touch the thermostat. Which is, I like that. That is nice to hear. <laughs> Less fingers yeah. messing yeah, with we, it's We've sometimes. actually lost an employee that thought his job was to touch the thermostat. <laughs> um, which I don't think anyone misses that part of his, his job. But yeah, it feels great in here. Mm -hmm. Anyway, whatever they do with the thermostat, I can override it. <laughs> yeah. You can keep track. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Hi, Daisy president of Lammers Heating and Air Conditioning. Morning show after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. I know uh, you've been uh, looking at real estate a lot online. Well, I found a house for sale. Really? Yeah, check this out. But I'm sure a lot of people have heard of this. This is called The One. In, it's in LA. Oh, it's you've on heard the hill. Of this. It's a Bel Air, right? Yeah, yeah. it's on the hill. 105,000 square feet. Wow. It's going to go to auction. No one wanted to pay $500 million for it, so the auction's going to start around 295 million, five
pools, 42 bathrooms, <laughs> two nightclubs. Uh, yeah, the developer uh, it definitely is uh, had to file for uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in uh, October. It's only set on 3.8 acres, but views of the Pacific down in the San Gabriel Mountains. One earthquake, goodbye. We'll have to circle back with Todd to find out what that would cost. Too cool per month, but definitely a hundred and thousand. Yeah, excessive. Also excessive in Dubai over uh, the holiday on New Year's Eve. They thought, let's make the tallest, the biggest champagne glass tower. Mm -hmm. These are champagne glasses at the Dubai Atlantis. And there are 54,740 champagne glasses filled with Moet et Chandon champagne. Chandon in there. Wow, that's yes. expensive. That's really... Uh, what is going on? I don't know. It's disgusting, actually. Um, so, but there's a little good news. They're going to recycle the glasses. Imagine bumping into that. Imagine someone saying, hey, we got a job for you. <laughs> yeah. We're going to stack all these glasses and fill them. Gosh, I, the people are just rolling around in money. Yep. And uh, it's not me, but uh, it's definitely people in Dubai. So. Wasteful. Yeah, very, uh, very wasteful. Um, that's uh, going to wrap up today's show. Join us tomorrow. We will have the Chamber Connection with Rachel Buchanan, and then we're also going to have George Veach and Bob Johnson with I us. I just saw George the other day. Awesome. <laughs> Later today, Sarah Tackett from the library, from Jackson College, Monica Bowman and Stephanie Waffle Stevenson, Stephanie Riggs from the Y, JTV staff with Noah Baker, Ooh. and Dylan Sust from Sandhill Crane Vineyards. Later today. We'll see you then. <laughs>